you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. There's a man who's going to take the stage to lead our next panel that needs no introduction, as the MC cliche goes, but it is kind of true. Uh, he is one of the best of all time on the field and off the field. The old cliche was he only caught touchdowns. But that was far from true. He had over 1,100 regular receptions to his Hall of Fame career. And he was also a man who has inspired change for decades through his platform as an all-time NFL great. He was the 1999 recipient of the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide. And he will introduce the rest of the panelists as he moderates this one on social justice and inspiring change. I leave you in the absolutely capable hands, all-time great hands, Chris Carter. Chris, good to see you, buddy. Thank you, bro. Go get him, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, joining me on the stage, a star in his own right, and a guy that single-handedly has helped lead NFL players and their voices. Welcome to the stage, Ramon Jones, CMO of Nationwide. Nice little trot there, I like that. Always impeccably dressed. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Welcome, welcome. Next to the stage, a very, very dear friend of mine, I have to apologize for that, 2002 award winner, executive vice president, NFL football operations. And I scored a couple TDs on this guy. You don't want to admit it. Troy Vincent. When they came to <laughs> Philly, we beat their backs in. Next, 2014 award winner, 15-year NFL veteran, mostly with Carolina. 16. Six. <laughs> Todd. I didn't know my mic was on. I apologize. <laughs> Check out the shoes. He's dressed like a wide receiver. Former linebacker Thomas Davis. Now, Troy, you played 15, right? 15. Thomas, you played 16? Yes, sir. Witt, you played 16? 16. Come on down, big fella. Let's go. Mr. Mr. Good-looking, Mr. Clean. <laughs> 2021 award winner, captain of the defending Super Bowl champ, the ultimate walk-off. He's been working on his tan, his golf game. His wife told him, find something else to do. That's right. These are the finest of the finest that we have. And... Players, first of all, um, starting with TV, kind of explain some of the programs that you're currently doing in the communities, because uh, you've got a couple different programs, sometime in Virginia, sometime in New York, Jersey. Yep, so just real briefly, just my wife, Tommy, and I, uh, we began our community work uh, back in 1993 in our hometown, Trent, New Jersey. Uh, we started off, which we still do, which is the bedrock of our our foundation is supporting uh, domestic violence shelters and families and women that have been impacted by sexual assault. 
um, in the city of Trenton, New Jersey. And then as we moved to Northern Virginia, we began to, frankly, uh, just make sure that we are, we're impacting every city, every state, um, because violence against women is rampant. And then most recently in the, in the last 10 years, our efforts have been around elementary education and really focusing in on bridging the gap between um, young men and women, again, K through five is our concentration, um, just building that educational divide. Or bridging Thomas, educational divide. some of the things that you're doing currently. Yeah, so we're currently, I, I started my foundation in 2008 and you know, as the years go on, my goal with my foundation is always to make it bigger and better than the previous year. And that's something that we've been able to do. And it's ironically, you working with K through five, I started a leadership academy that works with sixth, seventh, and eighth grade kids. Um, and the reason why we chose sixth, seventh, and eighth grade kids, we know and we started to learn that kids at that age, they make a decision what direction they're gonna go in. So we wanted to start working with them on being productive leaders and not being followers. Because if you can catch them early before they reach those high school years, um, we understood that we can have a huge impact on their future. And um, we've been able to be a part of some kids becoming first generation college grads um, through our program. So that's one of the things that I'm most proud of what we do. Whit, I know you're still doing some amazing things, but I want you to tell the story about the team you previously played for and one game being surprised because someone came across the field and you were a little apprehensive about that situation. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was one of those things when you're playing in a game, you have TV timeouts, you've played against guys throughout your career. And, you know, you might dab them up, you might give them a little head nod, it might be somebody you don't like that much and you make a little eye contact. You know, all these <laughs> things happen, right? But you know how many smiles, and every now and then it's guys you really know, and, and there's a little bit of talk. But in this game, I kept seeing this young kid just staring at me every TV timeout, and just like made me think of my own kids, like just the excitement in his face. I was like, God, he has something to say, and he won't say it. And so I just kept like, you know, give him a little wave, a little nod. And the game ends, and I see him running for me after the, the final whistle. And I'm like, oh, man, all right, how do I know this guy? Like, I'm trying to think through. LSU, buddies, like, did somebody text me this week and say, you know, look out for my boy, like, or an agent or something, you know? Somebody tell me to look out for this guy. And he walks up, and it was so cool. It's like he could see it in my face. Like, man, he does not know who I am. And he's like, hey, calm down. Like, you're not going to know me. He's like, but I just, I wanted two things. One, to tell you thank you. And two, to tell you I made it. And he ended up telling me, he's like, my name's Derek Barnes. He's like, you used to throw the football, hang out with me on the steps, and just chill with me on NFL Tuesdays. In the NFL, when you were a rookie in Cincinnati, I was one of those kids at the Boys and Girls Club, whether you realized it or not, that you were spending your time with and hanging out with. And it meant the world to me. And I have waited for this moment when I saw the schedule come out to be able to come tell you I made it. And it was, uh, it was, honestly, it was like I blacked out after that. I, really, I, I went back, I ended up texting him the next week, like, I don't know what I said to you after you told me that, <laughs> but thank you, man. I appreciate you sharing that with That's me. That's awesome. Now, Ramon, for you, you've had a very, very special relationship you know, with the National Football League. You've grown the partnership that was started in 2014. Tell us how that partnership has helped you Nationwide as a company, and then on a personal standpoint, 
hearing these stories and getting to know the men that win this award, the type of effect it's had on you? Sure thing, Chris. So first and foremost, uh, it's an honor to be up here with these gentlemen. Uh, it is an honor. One of these people don't belong here. It's the insurance guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, it is an honor to be here. And to listen to these stories, it becomes really, really obvious why this is important to Nationwide. Uh, we describe our company as being more than a business. And yes, we're a Fortune uh, 100 company. Uh, yes, you know, we look to drive sales and, and grow revenue, as all of the partners do. Uh, but this is more than a business to us. Uh, it's important that we give back to the communities in which our associates and our, our members, our policyholders, live and work. Uh, and the partnership with the NFL actually helps us do that. Uh, there's lots of ways that you can partner with the NFL. We leaned into and couldn't be more proud to be associated with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, because, again, a substantial part of our effort goes into giving back. I mean, there's a hospital in Columbus called the Nationwide Children's Hospital. That's just an example yep. of how it's important that we give back. To be able to shine a light on the work that these gentlemen do uh, and the other nominees every year, the work that they do, the nonprofits that they support, to be able to support that financially, to be able to put our brand behind that, it just it means the world to us, but it's really important to our partners, to the people that sell our products. It is important to the people that purchase our products. You know, consumers today and in the future, they want to make sure that they're doing business with a company that cares, and we like to describe ourselves that way. Uh, lastly, personally, uh, it is an honor to be able to play a role uh, in shining a light on role models for the next generation. And so there's plenty of opportunities to see uh, men and black men showing up poorly in the media. There's plenty of opportunities to do that. There's plenty of opportunities to bash sports and to bash the NFL, as I heard in one of the videos. It's important for us to show uh, the good work that you guys are doing when your helmets are off, when you're not there. And so to be able to use my position and have the support of my company to shine a light on that, there's no higher honor. And so that might be a little bit more than what you were looking for, Chris. No, that was awesome. This is a big deal for us. It is, and we're proud to be part of it. No, you guys have made it a big deal. Yeah. Yep. You made it very, very important from a corporate standpoint. Your talking points are very, very consistent, and it's empowered our players to do even greater things. This is such a prestigious award. Uh, Thomas, Let's talk about the prestige of the award inside the NFL circles, amongst our 1,600 players. And then give me maybe one or two players that might have been a good example or even a coach as far as you getting out and being involved in the community. Yeah, so this is definitely, without a doubt, the most prestigious award that you can win. Because if you look at awards that are being given, like if you look at the Defensive Player of the Year, that's an award that you win as an individual player, but you win it because you have other great teammates that are around you that are doing great things. Same thing with the MVP award, the most valuable offensive player award. Those are all awards that you can win because you have people that are around you that are supporting you, that are helping you. When I look at the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, same thing though. We have a lot of great people that are around us that are doing a lot of great work whether it be board members, whether it be um, people within the community just coming to help out. So that's why this award to me is the most prestigious award that you can ever win as a player. Um, it's only given to one player yearly and 
there are so many people that are so deserving for it. So yes. we're all competing, we're all doing great things. But I think for me, it's always been about just going out and doing the work. Doing the work, not looking for an award, not looking for the attention um, or trying to gain notoriety. And I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I'm extremely passionate about making the space that I'm in better. Mm. I learned that at a young age and I knew at a very young age that I wanted to dive deep into this community because I watched my mom struggle day in and day out. I watched her struggle yep. to raise me and my sister. And I knew that there were a ton of parents, a ton of mothers that were dealing with some of the same things. And for me, I would be remiss if I sat there as an NFL player making millions of dollars and not using it for good. So literally nationwide, I'm gonna talk about y'all a little bit too, um, Ramon, the, the award and the money that they gave the players went up astronomically after I won for whatever. <laughs> but, that speech. But listen, but- You're getting credit for the speech. But yes. literally, literally, um, and I said that to say this, like literally probably 85% of the money that has been donated over the, from 2008 yeah. to 2022 to my foundation and the work that we do has come from me. And I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not saying that to, to sound like I'm complaining about it, but for me, it's all about, it's all about giving back and having that, that feeling of knowing that you just made a difference in somebody's life. Somebody who, on an uneven playing field, when you look at certain kids that go to school and they don't have school supplies, like something as simple as just having a backpack that has school supplies, we started doing that and giving it to them and then we learned that, okay, in two weeks those supplies were done. How can we do this so these kids can sustain this throughout the whole year? So we started picking a particular school and doing the entire school for the entire school year. I think that has a greater impact on a parent who's wondering, you know, how am I gonna do this for my kid? Or a kid that's wondering, you know, how am I gonna have, you know, just a pencil or a paper or just the, the basic things that we take for granted day in and day out. That's what my foundation is there for in the Carolinas and, um, and also in Georgia as well. And that's what um, continues to drive me to do those things. Andrew, you've always given back. Um, you and your wife from, from Louisiana, you've always, had that part of what you wanted to do, um, went to Cincinnati, carried that on to Los Angeles. And what was in your heart to make you want to give back? Because we all have a story of, of the catalyst. So what was yours to giving back? And explain to the fans out there, after you've been through this long, long career, you had one of the best moments all time. A mic drop, walk off, home team, home game, <laughs> my team wins, and I quit. <laughs> Wait, so, not, not only that, don't leave out the fact that it was against your former team, too. <laughs> I wasn't gonna throw that in there, Thomas. I will, I will. He was trying to leave Cincinnati out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things to me, I think, growing up, um, I think it's hard to pinpoint exactly the moment that I realized it, but I think as I grew up as a kid, I had big eyes and, and, and big ears. Like I, I saw and I listened and I observed. Like, and I think the word to me that always comes to mind is you can think of things like, you know, sympathy. Like you can think of somebody went through something and you're gonna comfort them in a tough time and say, hey man, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna make it through this. But that's not the word to me that, that really I realized. I, I had a special empathy 
to where I'd see somebody going through something, I'd walk through a grocery store and just see like, their life looks different than mine does, or my life looks different than theirs. They're get, they're, their basket's all the way full, they look like they're getting everything they want, and just in general in life. And so it gave me this ability that I started to just pay attention. Like I'm listening to conversations and listening to people struggle and seeing it. And it's like, oh man, I don't want them to feel that way. So I don't want to just tell them they're going to be okay. I want to find a way to make it better for them. Yes. And so to me, it, it became, that's what drove me. And that was my driving force. Every time I signed a contract in the NFL, I thought of, all right, if I can get to this number, I bet we can donate this during the season or we can make this difference. Like these steps, I'm gonna, they're gonna grow as I grow. We're gonna grow in the community together. And so I think to me, it was all about finding out, and I would say this to the sponsors and to companies and to businesses, when, when you wanna make a difference, don't tell people what you're gonna give them. Find out what they need. Mm -hmm. Create a relationship and a conversation and an interaction where you meet people where they are. Yes. And I always say this, the greatest attribute or the greatest thing that I try to always keep myself humbled to, I'm gonna meet people where they are, mm -hmm. all the way in life. In every instance, in every room, in every conversation, I'm gonna find where they are, and I'm gonna try and help be with them right there in that moment. And if there's a way I can help them get to the next moment, whether that's all the things I listed in that speech, smiles, investments, all those things, I'm gonna help them get there. And I think if you're a company sitting out there to do exactly what Nationwide's doing and has continued to do, is say, what is it that people need, not what I wanna give them? And find a way to meet them in that space. And that moment of, of sharing that I had at the Super Bowl, to me, is really accumulation of success on the football field and success off the football field in this awesome moment that I think of all the times I might would've quit, I might would've given up. Mm -hmm. And I think of the guys, the communities, the kids, the soldiers, the, all the people that were a part of all of those years. And really the greatest thing I walked away with it from is, is the Super Bowl trophy is awesome. Walter Payne, man, the year trophy is amazing. It really is. But those relationships mm -hmm. that'll last forever and those impacts that change people for the better, those will be what will leave with me and be in my heart forever and nobody will ever change that. And not only that, but the moments like this, sitting on a stage with people that I know, how special they are as human beings and their hearts for people. And to give one quick thing I'm gonna share, an example of that. We talked about Derek Barnes and me. There's a guy on this stage that made a comment to me when I was a rookie that literally led to a lot of my career, and that's Troy Vincent. I met him at my rookie symposium, and he probably doesn't even remember this. I was telling him at that time I took it for granted playing the league. I was like, I got drafted in the second round. Cincinnati has Willie Anderson and all these great players. Like, I'm, I'm never going to play, but I'll figure it out. He pulled me to the side. He said, hey, man, let me tell you something. Your moment is right around the corner. It takes one play, and all of a sudden you're going to be on the football field. So you've got to drop that attitude and attack it like it's yours. He told me that in my rookie symposium, I've never forgot it. And I've shared it with guys every year of my career. And I don't even know if he remembers that moment, but it changed a lot for me in my attack to want to chase to be in the NFL and be successful. You listen, awesome. Thomas didn't. Awesome. <laughs> I just had to say that, Thomas. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awesome. TV. Um, TV is a dear friend of mine. And I want you to give us a 30,000 square foot look because executive vice president of the NFL. Tell me what you've seen from the modern day athlete that's kind of surprised you. And from a corporate standpoint, can you talk to corporations and let them know the power that they give the league and the players for the things that they're involved? Well, I'll start with the, the current athlete, and it really extends to our partners. I'm never amazed. Just young people, they're so encouraging. Um, young people guide us through the most tumultuous time, and at least in my time on this earth, the last, say, five, say the last decade. It was young people that carried this, this country through tough times. And then, frankly, uh, partners. I saw the best and the worst in people. I think we all did mm. over the last few years. But I was reminded there are so many good people. They're more good than bad, more good than evil. And frankly, I saw that with the players. Um, and we just look at, I use the example of my calls, my cleats, and just thousands of players just giving. And also the partners who, frankly, you only see them the commercial side. But the partners are right there standing right next to the player. And if we as players have that opportunity to share what our visions are or the things that we would like to get done, what I found out was that the partners have those same visions and those same values mm -hmm. to want to extend to the broader community, to want to make a difference. My view is that we're, uh, we got the power of um, our sport, the power of our partners, that we can just do so much human good yeah. and we can do human good together. I know you didn't ask me this question, but you know, what my objective, my aim is to die empty. I think about that every day. Mm -hmm. I want to die completely empty. I want to give more than Thomas. Mm -hmm. I want to give more than Andrew. I want to give more than you. Also want to partner with these individuals. And one thing as, as recipients of, the, of this great honor, is that these men continue to keep doing good with you all as partners. You know, i.e. Warwick Dunn in the house, 200 homes. And he's doing that with you all as partners. His 200th home this past Super Bowl. I look at what Derek Brooks is doing in Tampa with the school. Mm -hmm. But this is what these men have committed to, and they've committed to it with, frankly, with your assistance, your help. And I think I'll be remiss if I Again, I've, through this time, I've, I've, I've come into contact with some remarkable people in our organization. You know, individuals like Greeny and Anna Isaacson and the people that are on the ground that are trying to bridge these gaps, introduce us to partners. There has not been a partner that I have not been introduced to, we have been introduced to, that has not said, Hammer. You know, if Team Cygnus here with Mike Triple and his team, we're not doing what we're doing in the community without that partnership. If the Zebra team here, Bill Burns and his team, we're impacting thousands and thousands of families and, and, and kids across the country. That's because of the power that's in this room and the influence in this room. But the players never amaze me. They keep us honest. And one of the things that we talk about at the executive level, I didn't mean to leave anybody out, but those individuals like Rob Berg, those people on the partnership side and Anna and Claire, 
you make us individuals like us, we blossom, we get all of the credit, but there's someone behind the scenes introducing mm -hmm. me to Ramon. Mm -hmm. They're saying, I think you all have something in common. So um, I would just encourage you all to continue to speak with our office about what the good that the players are doing and what we're trying to do to, to impact the communities on where we are. So that's Troy, you mentioned it, 2020 through 2022, the most trying times of, of our lifetime. Ramon, give me your opinion of what you saw from the National Football League. We had a few panel discussions. Sure. Social unrest and everything both of us took part in. But what you saw from the National Football League and how it inspired you and your company and what you guys do on a daily basis to kind of help follow that lead. Sure. Uh, the last 24 months have been a challenge for all of us. Every company, every brand, we all had to manage through, talk about unrest, not just social unrest, but just unrest in general, a pandemic, an election. And I'm gonna add something to that too. You know, yeah, because go for I it. do believe go that for it. as a minority, I know Troy and I, man, we have plenty of heartfelt conversations, crying, like what are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. There's extra pressure yeah. burden on us as African American men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Troy tells a story uh, about the pandemic, and uh, the long and short of it is that it forced us to stay still. It made everyone go home. You were stuck in front of your computer or whatever the case may be, but it forced us to stay still and think and observe. And then the social unrest movement really started to happen. Uh, and I think I heard someone else talk about how the next generation, the kids, the teenagers, are forcing us to start thinking about the future. What kind of country do we want? What is it that we're building? I'm going somewhere with this. Mm -hmm. What is it that we're building going towards the future? And how did we find it acceptable uh, to deal with some of the images that we're being bombarded with, the examples of racism and mistreatment and unfairness? And what can we do going forward? And so as you listen to these stories and as you hear the work that these gentlemen and others are doing in our communities, it makes it really easy for a company like Nationwide and many others that are in the room to say, I want to be a part of that. What could I do to help? Now, we've been partnered uh, with the NFL since 2014, so we've been at this for some time. But this, these last two years have really given us the opportunity as a company to not just turn up the volume on some of the good work that's happening out in the community, but to also think about how we want to position not just our company, uh, but the NFL and the people who care, the people who are out there giving their day off, working in the communities, how can we help them be more successful? There isn't a child that isn't impacted by the work that you guys do. That's, these kids are never going to forget that. They're never going to forget it. And even I think back to my upbringing uh, in North Philly a long time ago, we talked about that. Uh, <laughs> I haven't forgotten about the people who have made an impression on me. And so to think about NFL stars who are actually taking the helmets off and giving their time to that next generation or to communities that need it, this is an easy partnership for us to support. And so it means a lot for us to be here. Uh, and, and I mean it, I, I can't do enough to turn up the volume, to shine a bright light on a good work that's happening, not just by the gentlemen that are here on the stage, but across the league. One of the hardest things that we have to do is to choose one. Oh, there's no doubt. One the, and and we, once or twice, we've done more than one. But it's the hardest thing we have to do because all of them are deserving. 
of the award. Yeah. And so I couldn't be more proud of how Nationwide has leaned into helping to shine a light on such a prestigious award. Andrew, I want you to take us inside the locker room these last couple of years, um, the response of our players, and the economic fallout in communities like Los Angeles. What was the perception from the players about everything that they were going through? I think when you really look at, you know, things that happened when you talk just specifically with COVID and a lot of the shutdowns and those kind of things over the last couple of years in the locker room, even though guys weren't significantly impacted, the communities, the, the families, the, all of our friends, just like everyone in this room, you had someone you were connected to that maybe, maybe our situation didn't change as much, but people we care about, people we know about, or communities we serve, um, you, you could see the things that were going on and, and the trouble that was ahead, not just in the moment, but what the next couple years were going to look like after some of the things that these youth had to go through in this time. And I can remember all the conversations it creates in the locker room of what do we do next? How can we mm -hmm. do something, right? And you really, and that to me is exactly to my point earlier about meeting people where they are, is in, in you look in Los Angeles, your, your two biggest things, I mean, food insecurity and homes, home insecurity, homelessness. I mean, those two things were something that all of us wanted, like, hey, we could all, like, man, this is clear. This is one of the biggest needs in this city. What can we do? And that's one of the immediate things we did is try to find a way to get involved with the food bank there and why it's so important because of really that issue in L.A. But then when I look at really all the social justice things that went on and the initiatives, the panel talks, the Zooms as a team, because we couldn't even get together during the middle of all this and just hug each other. And <laughs> we're sitting on Zoom, looking at each other on screens in tears, crying, telling our stories, and everybody's sharing. And you think of that, honest to God, one of the coolest moments that's ever happened in my life is two years ago, we started as a group of players our own fund. So we had a meeting after practice, and we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get with Molly Higgins and the Rams, and I'm going to get Molly to get us. Give us the top 30, 40 programs you think that attack social justice in L.A. We're going to get together as players. We're going to all donate money out of our game checks. We're going to create a fund that's just driven by the players and coaches in the building. You can all donate, and we're going to go sit on Zooms with these people, and we're going to choose the best ones we can that we can go make an impact. We ended up doing that every Tuesday. So we couldn't go in the communities because of COVID, but we'd sit there on Tuesday on Zooms as groups, and we'd listen to these people tell the stories, tell us what they're doing, what they're trying to do to make a difference in LA. And we end up, by, by the end of it, we get to a situation where it's like, well, all 30 of them are amazing. Like, well, how do we choose, right? And so we started figuring out, all right, well, if you give a little more here, I'll match this player's donation, whatever. So we end up saying, let's choose them all. So we end up, being able to create a player-only, coach-only fund that we in the building, in that heart of that locker room, we all put into, we put our money and our donation into, and made a direct impact that we were involved with. And I thought it was one of the like, most powerful locker room mm -hmm. just feelings of feeling like we all did this together. And no one initiated it for us, no one started it for us. As, as brothers in that locker room that come from all different walks of life, and why the NFL is the greatest example of that, we had one objective, and that is people shouldn't live like this. This shouldn't be how it should be. How can we be a part of, lean into, invest into making it different? And I thought that was one of the most powerful things I've ever gotten to be a part of. Thomas, you've, you've been a leader any locker room you've been in. Any room you come into, you're one of the people that's gonna have a speaking voice. Over the last two years, you transitioning to the legends community. Yes. 
what type of leadership was needed amongst the legends because we're still fighting the same thing, but we were outside of that locker room and the role you played in our community. You know, I just really think that it's about being intentional when you're working with legends, when you're working with guys that have gone through the process, right? All of us in the legends community, we've, we've played the game. At some point, we've transitioned out. Some of us played longer than others. Some of us had a shorter stint, but I think one of the things that I wanted to do in this space was be more intentional. You know, just reaching out, talking to guys. Like Witt said, just finding out where they are in their lives at the moment. And how can we, as a league, help impact their lives and how can we make a difference in their lives with whatever they have going on. You know, and one of the things that was so cool was, and I'll trace it in the test of this, she gave me a long list of guys because before I ever came into this role, I told Tracy, like, listen, I do not answer emails. I hate it. I literally got like 80,000 emails and I hate answering emails. And we were just trying to figure out why guys were not taking advantage of some of the things that they earned, right? So guys were like me. They wasn't really checking their emails. So I got on the phone, called about maybe 400 guys, I think, and just had conversations and just talking to them. And man, it was so cool to just catch up with guys that I hadn't talked to in three, four, five years um, and just like get to see, you know, some of the things that we can help them with, some of the things that they can even help me with as I was getting ready, to, because I had just made the transition um, out of the NFL and became a retired player into the legend space. So, man, I always tell people all the time that this is the biggest fraternity that you can ever become a part of. And knowing that no matter what, we always have each other's back. That's what the NFL is. When somebody talks to me about it, that's what the NFL is about. We go out and we compete against each other week in and week out. But when it's all said and done, we are on the same team. We all know as players, players move, games plans change. So you have to adapt. Ramon, inside of Nationwide and the relationship with the NFL, tell me, it started off as something in 2014, mm -hmm. but through all the social unrest and everything, yeah. tell me how you as a company adapted. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we've all had to adapt over the last couple of years especially. Uh, and what we found was that the work that we do in the community uh, and the work that we were doing to support social justice was not enough. And so what more could we do? What additional partners can we align with? How can we support um, organizations such as the Bail Project, for instance, which many may not have ever heard of, uh, but how could a company, a Fortune 100 financial services company, get behind some resources and opportunities and organizations that ordinarily don't get uh, the light of day? How can we partner more with the nominees for the Walter Payton Man of, of the Year uh, and put more resources behind it, put more social and digital weight behind it to shine a light again on the work that you guys are doing? What more can we do to prove that we're more than just a business? And so it was a unique opportunity to have that conversation that prior to you know, the last couple of years, we might not have been open to partnering with the Bell Project or a variety of others that, again, many may not have heard of. And so it just forced us to kind of look in a mirror to say, we can do more. And so we've done so. And it's, it's been an honor being able to do that. We're going to close out on a couple questions. Troy and Ramon, speaking to future partners and partners, 
Let's talk about the mindset between the league, the players, the clubs, the sponsors, and community. How does all this work together so that we all win, Troy? I would just start with reminding ourselves that we're all a community of care. We can create a community of care amongst each other. So I would, I would challenge this group, and in particular, Rainey, when we leave from here. There's so much power and influence in this room. How about at some of these tentpole events where you have this network, this partner summit, maybe we should create a community event that we can do together. Take five or six hours that we as partners, hmm. that we can go out. You know, the one thing that still bothers me, and I'm maybe getting a little bit off of, but I think it goes back to this community of care that, that's driven by, by the partners, is sometimes, often the times when we have these tentpole events, they're in places of extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. And to walk past people that are homeless, um, that are sick. Um, I go to this beautiful stadium in Inglewood, California. Yeah. And just one block from that stadium, it looks like a war zone. We can do better. Yeah. We can do better in this room. We just can't walk past these things. Young women and children that don't have homes. Maybe we just spend five or six hours doing a community build. So maybe we can organize our thoughts. Again, what can we do together as a group? We're getting together. We're coming down in, in these big cities. And guess what? One mile from where we're meeting, less than one mile, there is extreme poverty. There's extreme distress that we can just put on our T-shirts and, sh our, our and shorts and whatever that may be. And let's just spend six hours just loving on someone and they can't give us back anything in return. That's what I would say to that, CC. And let me, awesome. me kind of jump in on that too. And I, I mean, I love that idea. I'll be one of the first to, to volunteer to be a part of anything that comes from what you just said, Troy, because I understand, like I said, that there's a need and there's a lot that we can all do, right? We, we're sitting in this space, we're sitting in this room right now, and there's so many people that wish not only that they had the seats that we're sitting in, but they had the seats that you guys are sitting in as well. So I wanna issue another challenge. Find out what it is. Find out what that need is. Find out what you can do. It doesn't have to be in LA. It can be in any community. It can be in your community. I'll volunteer for your community. I'll come in, um, whatever you guys decide that you want to do, I'll come in and I'll, and I'll help out with that as well. Um, because I'm all, about, I'm all about being impactful and doing things and putting action behind words. So if you have things that you think that you want to do, that you know that you want to do to make your communities better, I'll be one of the first former players, players to volunteer to come help you out. We're going to finish with that. And what I encourage you to do is, I encourage you to partner with the National Football League. This is the only job that I've ever done. I don't have a college degree, and I don't have any regrets. In the last two years, when the world was at its absolute worst, our players, and because of partners like Ramon and Nationwide, were at their absolute best. I hope you enjoy the draft. Hope you enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the rest of the festivities. Scott.
Chris, well done. Thank you, panel. Yeah, Andrew, Thomas, Troy, Ramon, Chris. Thank you for that. The old cliche, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Let's turn it on its head here. What, what just happened in Vegas, whatever spark of inspiration you and I just received from these gentlemen, may it extend well beyond Vegas in the days ahead. Thanks for joining us on the NFL Players Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow at NFL Players Podcast on Instagram for the latest player stories and to connect with the NFL Players community. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.